Hi, I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph, and this is Saturday Night High. The podcast where we smoke up, we get high, and we talk about Saturday Night Live. Today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 6, which was Chevy Chase's final episode as a cast member, and this aired on October 30th, 1976. Yeah, it was hosted by Buck Henry, with fucking amazing musical performances by the band. And this, like the last few episodes, was filmed in Brooklyn, which was being used for election coverage. Yes. <clears throat> Once again, uh, my computer is still out of commission, so we are working through an iPad and a phone, and it's we're doing our best. We know we sound different. So, yeah, we open, and the cold open is what I assume will be the quote-unquote final appearance of Landshark. Uh, it's Halloween, Gilda's at home, there's a trick-or-treater, she's like, it's two in the morning, what are you doing out? Go home. And it, <laughs> the person then switches tacks from... Uh, Oh, it's Halloween. Oh, it's UNICEF. And she's like, oh, that's very different. So she opens the door and gets eaten by Landshark. Yes, and Landshark was Chevy Chase, who then, then says, live from New York. And we go into the theme song, and then we have Buck Henry giving a whole bunch of jokes about the whole cast for his monologue. Yeah, there were cracks about spousal abuse in regards to Jane Curtin. He basically yeah. called Lorraine Newman a slut. She's like, oh, she is such a sad, broken girl. She seeks solace with hundreds of men. No, thousands of men. And it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. There was a joke about John Belushi being in debt to the mafia and Chevy Chase leaving SNL to go and open a dress shop with Lloyd. Yeah, there was a joke about incest. And... Oh, my God. I... It was Gilda Radner and her brother were too close. Her doctor is worried. Yeah, her doctor's uh, worried about the baby. And, uh, oh my god. It, it was fucked. Yeah, and then we go into Samurai Stockbroker. <laughs> Which, okay, this is a fairly well-known sketch because of what happens towards the end. Um... So, I watch everything with closed captions because it's just easier for me that way. Me too, on Peacock. <laughs> um, <laughs> for, this, for this podcast, I, I watch other things on other platforms with closed captions. Oh my god, last night I was watching Midnight Gospel. Have you ever seen that? No. It's like a space podcast, but it's animated. And the episode was about death. It was so good. And the death industrial complex. Oh. Really good. And I was also tripping with that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, so yeah, I watch everything with closed captions. And the, when John Belushi was uh, performing, all it said underneath was speaking native language. And I was like, I'm sorry. No, he is not. He's like, it's a series of grunts and racist stereoty- stereotypical, like, I, I don't even, it was just fucking bad. Yeah, it made me rather uncomfortable that that was what the caption said. Yeah, so okay, I'm glad you noticed that too. 
Buck Henry calls, and all these facts are from Wikipedia, uh, Buck Henry calls John Belushi's character Mr. Mikaraki, but John Belushi's character is normally known as Samurai Futaba, and so I thought that was an interesting, weird little uh, fact. Yeah, that was interesting. I was a little bit confused as to why. Right. Uh, okay, anyways. Go on. This was about uh, John Belushi's character being a stockbroker, and Buck Henry has invested in a chain of gay sushi bars, which sounds like something that I would be very interested in. And... <laughs> It featured a lot of, you know, silly little gags, like John Belushi cut the graph that they were looking at in half, so that way it looked like it was all going up instead of going up and then going down again. Um, and they used, like, one of those Chinese counting frames to do calculations for this investment. An, an abacus? Yes. Um, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, it's basically, he, he's a stockbroker, Buck Henry is angry, and then I guess he said that if there was a window, he would jump out of it, and John Belushi then turns to the wall and starts hacking away with his sword, and on one of his whacks into the wall, he hits Buck Henry in the head. Yeah, and Buck Henry, like, puts his hand to his head in surprise and literally turns around to walk away, which I thought was, okay, not that I'm a professional or anything, but I thought that was a little bit unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, what are you going to do with some life TV you just got whacked in the head with a sword? I right. could also turn around and be like, help me, guys. Right. We're probably all like, turn around, turn around. Well, right, I mean, that that's not a situation that you'd ever think that you'd be in. Also, why the fuck were they using, like, actual fucking so? I mean, I guess he had to whack through a wall, but still. Um, I... Like that, you know, no. Buck Henry was lucky that that wasn't worse. Like, that could have hit him in the eye, and that would have been bad. Yeah. He had a bandage on for the rest of the episode, and so did all the other episodes. Yes. John Belushi whacks a hole in the wall, and he, um, Buck Henry then proceeds to launch himself through the hole in the wall after he had just gotten whacked in the fucking head with a sword, and the sketch ends with John Belushi's character going over to a poster and putting another stick figure man, or outline of a man, on a Japanese warplane, which those were like the suicide players. They, they were the World War II, they were involved in all the bombings of Pearl Harbor, and there were the, like, the kamikaze suicide plane divers. I, I don't know the term, and I'm too high. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was like he was investing the money poorly on purpose to make Americans kill themselves, and I was like, wow, okay, uh... Cool, cool yeah. twist, guys. Then we had another Baba Wawa sketch. This was titled Not for First Ladies Only, and she was interviewing Betty Ford and Rosalind Carter, played by Jean Curran and Lorraine Newman. There were a, a few lines, but I thought it was a little too long. Um, Gilda Radner is really, I mean, I've said it before, but she's really kind of 
coming into this it's like the more that she does Baba Wawa it's like the more she like gets the character and the it's like now I'm starting to enjoy it now that she's working it out fleshing it out and whatnot um yeah you can tell that it's has more personality now I feel like thank you yes that is exactly it um so yeah uh it, there, there were just some stereotypical uh, jokes about Gerald Ford being a klutz. Um, they did the whole uh, Jimmy and I lust after each other in our hearts, and like, what do you do when you're sleeping with your husband? And like, it's sweeping. like, what? When you're sweeping with your husband. Sweeping with, yes, thank you. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was funny, but I, I thought it could have been a little shorter, and it would have been. Uh, much more if it had been fine-tuned a little bit more right and she spent the end of it talking about how she wanted to be a first lady and then <laughs> Betty Ford and Rosalind Carter were like chatting amongst themselves right yes and and what they were chatting about it was weirdly sexual at first and then it just got weird I think yeah I, I watched this like three days ago so I'm a little fuzzy <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then the next sketch I actually thought was really good in terms of, um, like, kind of calling out history in a time when it wasn't, like, when it wasn't really done, if that makes sense, like... It was the freaking bicentennial, go America, USA, USA. <laughs> hey, that's my foot. Sorry, they like chewing on toes. Um, yeah, so it was Garrett Morris, and it was like, it was like a roots program, and it was like finding your roots, and he was talking about his, his ancestors, and hey, he was talking about his ancestors, and he was like, oh, my great, 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 whatever, uh, was here, and then they got on a boat to America for a better life, and it was basically just, like, mocking the Atlantic slave trade. And then it gets to the point where, I guess, whoever this person was says uh, she was a trigger warning. Um, she was gang-raped by all the signers of the Declaration of Independence, and it was just like, oh, Jesus, like that line came out of nowhere. But that being said, I was like, oh, like, wait, way to call it out 40 years before anyone talked about it. I was like, okay, no, I see you. He went on to talk about how the son of that woman got revenge by then having affairs with the wives of all the founding fathers. And they were all his children. And he was hanged. Yeah. Um... And then it was like, I was like, okay, so what the fuck was the point of this? Because it immediately transitioned to like, oh, it was mocking Hollywood Squares. Yeah, then it became Hollywood Squares, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Right! It was a lot packed into one second. Yeah, then we had a debate, another debate in 76 with Buck Henry moderating and wearing his head bandage, and the panel was three people who I... They couldn't recognize, like, their names and their faces, but the characters were a New York Times writer, a uh, writer for Women's Wear Daily, and the husband of Margaret. 
Yeah, it was basically like, okay, the first debate was domestic policy. The second debate was uh, foreign policy. So here we have the swimsuit section and like the talent edition. And it, it was like a beauty pageant. I, I just, I thought it was funny, like turning the idea of a regular beauty pageant on its head, but with the presidential candidates. It's a good idea. It was a great way to just make fun of America. I took a class last summer that was about gender and beauty pageants were something that we talked about an awful lot and how you perform gender and it was just hilarious to see them performing for the role of president yeah and it was mr georgia and mr usa yes um yeah mr georgia's talent uh was dental work and he proceeded to like stick things into garrett morris's mouth and make and cause him like ridiculous pain, and I was like, "Cool, that's not funny." Yeah, that was a bit much. But what yeah. did make me kind of laugh was when they were doing this swimsuit competition, and Buck Henry was talking about Ford as he's walking on in his swimsuit and wearing flippers. Buck <laughs> uh, Henry says that he quote enjoys inexplicably sending men to Cambodia. Yeah. Um. Yep. You you texted me when you hit that, and I was like, yep, they went the air. There, there, I don't know. And the air, there. No! We are not taking a bath in the water dish. Jesus Christ, I'll no. soak. Oh, and you, you want to guess which one was taking a bath in the water bowl? Prince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, oh, it's on brand. What? That's that's rather on brand for him. Yes. Yeah. Also, there was um one line that Jimmy Chase had as Ford, where he looked up at Henry and he pointed to his bandage and said, "I caught myself here shaving this evening too." <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, yeah. So mentioned that weekend update as well. Yeah. I I mean. I, so there was a joke about pot that, I don't know if it was the opening joke or what the fuck it was. He was on the phone. Okay. It was about weed, so okay. Yeah. Um, and so, but then he just goes into a thing about how Buck Henry was injured during, uh, the, during, you know, SNL or during the taping, and, uh, he was, what did he say, like, attacked by a drugged out Belushi? And it was like, exactly what he said. yeah, and so it was like, oh, shit, like, like, okay, when it happened, obviously knowing his history, I wondered, but I was like, I, I don't know, probably, but maybe not. And then it was like, shit, did they just, like, call that out right on air and not even, like, like, sure, what the hell, we're going to do this? Yeah, that was ballsy. Yes. Um... Some uh, presidential ads, right? Which I honestly kind of can't believe they got away with that <laughs> because yeah. one of them it was like okay, trying to make it was like Jimmy Carter being Jimmy Carter, and then it's like oh, it was paid for by Ford, and then 
the F Carter ad was just the speech Ford gave to the American people when he announced he was pardoning Nixon. And it was like, um, I, I don't think they could get away with that now. They basically just ran a thing for vote for Jimmy Carter, like not this guy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got even more clear with their opinion towards the end of the weekend update. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just like, okay, that was, that was pointed. Um, yeah. There was an ad that Dan Aykroyd did for something called a battle mat. I oh. think this was a potion maker. He was dressed like, you know, a warlock. Yeah. And he used his battle mat to make a love potion from the 11th century. And part of this potion was the body of a whole bat. Oh. And as he's making it, he's like, remember the chore that used to be? Well, now it's not. And we can make as many bat-based potions as you want. And he makes the potion, Lorraine Newman drinks it. It was wacky, but I kind of liked it. I like, you know, spooky stuff. Yeah, it was basically the fish but just warlock edition. Which, okay, I, that, that was amusing. I believe so. Like a fake one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, yeah, they definitely made their opinion known. Yeah, okay. going to the band's multi-song performance. Yes. So this was um, like a month before they played their final show as a band. Uh, um, and have you ever seen The Last Waltz? No. Okay, it's really good. It's a documentary. It was done by Martin Scorsese. Um, and it was basically the taped performance of their last show, but interviews with, like, fucking everybody. I, th I want to say, like, Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell and a ton of fucking people were there. Um, yeah, the... Farewell concert appearance, and the concert saw the band joined by more than a dozen special guests, including their previous employers, Ronnie Hawkins and Bob Dylan, as well as Eric Clapton, Neil Diamond, Dr. John, Joni Mitchell, Van Morrison, Ringo Starr, Muddy Waters, Ronnie Wood, Neil Young. So, yeah, it was kind of like a who's fucking who of uh, the 60s and 70s at this show. Damn. Yeah. But, yeah, they performed three songs, Life is a Carnival, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down, and Stage Fright. And I, I, it was just fucking amazing. It was like a mini concert in the middle of the show, and I fucking loved it. It was. And when it was over, I was like, oh, are they only having one performance? But they came back. Yeah. Don't you worry. <laughs> but in the meantime, we had a sketch titled The Ointment, and this was... Buck Henry and Jane Curtin playing the parents to their strange son, Damien, who was John Belushi. Yeah. Um, he, so I, I'm pretty sure it was like a 
parody of The Omen, or like the original movie, The Omen. But it was basically like a demonic child. Um, they had a joke about the nanny hanging herself. And then the new nanny shows up, and she's like a protector of Satan. And... It was like a fucking vampire. It was Lorraine Newman. Yeah. And, and then, like, a father reverend, played by Dan Aykroyd, walks in, and he has been impaled with this lamp. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jane Curtin turned to her husband and was like, find out where he got that lamp. <laughs> That was funny. Um, there was a joke about a dildo sharpener. I don't know what that was in reference to, but I wrote it down because I was shocked they said it on live TV, but they're getting ballsier. I was shocked, too. It was because um, the Reverend Dan Aykroyd, I believe, was trying to tell Buck Henry who the real mother to Damien was because it actually wasn't his wife. Uh, uh, this man had seen the birth, and he was trying to tell him who the mother was and dildo sharpener was one of the things that was guests i was guest because he said duh and he like died or whatever but then he back and kept talking and you find out the parents of damien are a dog and the devil yeah fuck oh i thought the line let's turn on the priest and they turned on the lamp like i thought that yeah, was fucking funny that was funny um chubby chase at one point he walked in i don't remember what his character was but he walked in and he walked right under where the nanny was hanging, so the feet like hit his head. Yeah. And he went, thank God for the bandage. <laughs> I also thought it was funny, the bear that uh, John Belushi was playing with uh, had a bandage on his head as well. Um, I didn't notice that, oh my God. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's like, they said something about preserving the body, and they were like, oh, and the kidneys, more on that later. And it was like, oh, Jesus, like, human organ trafficking. Like, what the fuck? Right, well, they were only going to do this if he looked at his son and saw the number 666. Right. And so he looks at his son and is on his forehead, but he's standing above him. He's like, oh, it's fine. It's just three nines. Yeah. And that was kind of how that ended. Yeah, and then we went to a Gary Weiss film, which featured original Howard Shore music and Buck Henry. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, like, Buck Henry and drag as well, but I don't know. Yeah, the film was a makeup artist putting makeup on Buck Henry and a wig, and he was singing about it being Halloween tonight. Yeah, it was, I mean, all right. I, I I guess I've seen worse Gary Weiss films. I think it was pretty good. Yeah. Honestly. And then, oh, dear God. Um, there was a, I think it was a Michael O'Donohue sketch. I think he was in it. I don't know. Maybe he introduced it. It was like Least Loved Tales. Well, before this, um, wasn't it the first appearance of Garrett Morris live from Houdini's gravy. Oh, right. Yeah, because apparently Houdini said that if he were to come back alive, it would be on that night. So Garrett Morris was there as a correspondent. And they went from that to the least loved bedtime tales, Michael O'Donoghue sketch. Okay, yeah. I So I read Houdini 50 Years 
Garrett Morris at Houdini Grave, and I was like, that sounds like something that would have been a weekend update, and we didn't discuss it, so I thought I just wrote it down out of order. Um, okay, yeah, thank you for adding that. Um, it comes back after this little sketch. Yeah. Um, so, Least Love Tales, Michael O'Donoghue, who the fuck let this man on TV? Genie, I, I have Genie killed the troll, what the fuck? I... It was um, actually a tale about this character who he called the Littlest Eskimo. Oh, right. Yeah, and this character found a genie who says he can give him anything that he wants, but it has to be made of snow. And oh, so right. he wishes for food, and he eats it and dies. Yeah. Right. Thank you. This was also, I watched this like second night with uh, the new friends and um, I, they, this was at the point where they had like learned how to run across my keyboard and that it felt fun on their paws. And so they would run across it and hit the space bar and it would like pause, play, pause, play, pause, play. And I'm like, can you guys not? And yeah, I'm yeah, exhausted. Yep. <laughs> no, go ahead. Oh, right. Fuck. Yeah, his hair was all big and curly, and he wasn't really speaking. He just looked really frightened, and Buck Henry was like, can you say anything in English? And he was just looking around, very scared. And, and then the man. Well, so the, the joke there was that it was like a guy. It was like, he said his name was General Fra- Franco. It was, like the, it was like the body of Franco, the ghost of Franco. That was the joke. Um, yeah, thank you. Um... Yeah, so then we have the final, uh, second and final performance of the night by the band. They performed Georgia on My Mind. It was, again, just fucking incredible, and the place was like, I don't know, you could tell that the people in the audience were like, holy shit, like, this is a, it's literally a once in a lifetime thing. Like, they're, they're finishing in a month. Yeah, it was pretty great. I'm not really familiar with that song, but I was jamming. All right. But, yeah, and then we had the good nights. Um, everybody had bandages on their head, as, you know, noted throughout the night that it's like every time somebody appeared on screen, it was like, oh, they're wearing one, too. And so you just realized, oh, they're all doing it. And I thought it was cute. It was. Yeah, I, um, I thought it was I don't know what the fuck I was going to say there, but <laughs> what sketch didn't work for you this episode? Um, I think uh, Buck Henry's monologue. That was the most uncomfortable for me as well, I think. Yeah, I, I was just like, all right, I, like, I know he's capable of more and being funny, and that just felt weird and problematic and not, I don't know. What was your runner-up? The debate sketch. Okay. With the um the beauty passion that just made me laugh really hard. Yeah. Um my runner up was um Roots with Garrett Morris. That was almost my runner up. It it was just I, I don't know, it just it was so well performed, so shocking to see, but it was like, okay, good on them. Like yeah. 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 So, Screw America, or the 
with our runner-ups. And <laughs> the best one for me was the Biomatic ad. I just love when Dan Aykroyd does ads, and I love witchy things. Okay. Um, uh, this is probably a cop-out, but I don't know. My favorite was uh, the set by the band. I I fucking loved it. It was... It made me happy, and I don't know. It was just, I don't, it was good. Yeah, it checks. It was. But yeah, so that is it for season two, episode six. Uh, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. It's actually really super important. Um, Hit us up on social media at Night High Pod. We're on. Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And on Twitter, our username is spelled Satnite, N-I-T-E, pod, because of character limit. Satnite, hi, pod. <laughs> <laughs> I said Satnite, pod. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but, um, yeah, we have a website, satnitehighpod.com, and if you have a message that you want to send us that is longer than Twitter will allow... Uh, you can find us at SatNightHighPod at Gmail. But until next week, where we cover Season 2, Episode 7, I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. Happy highs. Happy highs. <laughs>